Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Yeah. Oh, you mean to say you weren't recording all that? I was not recording all that. <laughs> yeah. no. Now everyone's, I have it hit record now, so people listening to this will be thinking, oh, I wonder what they were talking about. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, you'd have to make sure you uh, altered the height on it, though. For the height on who and what now? Right. Maybe I feel I feel we need to clarify this. We were talking about um, how many we talk about steps, and we talk, and I was saying that I still have three thousand steps to hit my ten thousand step target for today. Um, ten thousand steps is generic, by the way, you know. So just in case you was thinking, oh, is it ten for a reason? Um, anyway, by the by, so then we somehow got in the conversation of saying oh, we should put it on summer because she would get loads of steps. And I did say the other day that I would be very interested to see how many steps she'd get. And I did think this, that I'm, oh, I wonder if I put my withings on her and see, see how many steps she gets in a day. And that's when I started hitting record. So then when Ed said something about her height, um, which I'm assuming he means as in adjusting for the step length. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know if mine does that. I, should, I, don't, I don't really know how it works. I know, you, obviously, I tell it my profile, i.e. my height, and I don't know if that then uses that to kind of judge um any type of step length you'd, yeah yeah you'd have thought so wouldn't you you would have thought so yeah because i know like if um me and alex go and do something like we'll be walking doing exactly the same walking um and hers always she always gets a few extra steps because she's got little legs yeah. so she has to do extra steps to keep up so well yeah. when when you think that we i did this 47 mile walk and clocked up 110,000 steps there's mm. another guy there called alan who is probably only early five, so five two, five three. God, he's gonna hate me saying that. He's probably about five five. <laughs> Definitely um, five two. <laughs> yeah, he's like five one or something. And uh, he had like loads more. He did something like hundred, like hundred thirty thousand or something. Like oh really? That. Yeah. Did quite. What a, did quite a uh, What did Ben get on his? I don't know. I was just wondering some similarish heights. He did put it on. He's on not a similar height to me. He's a bit, bit taller. He's shorter than me, you fucking bellend, yeah. Maybe just six foot. Makes me look taller. I'm six foot, he's about at best five nine, I'm gonna say. He's gonna be fuming because he's definitely five ten. You should know this anyway. Uh, yeah, but I mean that's just written down somewhere, you know. Shall yeah. I check? Shall I check? Can check. Yeah, just um, for the, for the he's about five nine. He might how, he might lie and say five ten, but um <laughs> uh, Go on, you talk about something else whilst so I'm, uh, I'm checking. Anyway, so... 178 um, centimetres. Oh, who works in centimetres? Apothea. Yeah, Apothea. Uh, okay, you're going to have to convert that back. Um, not that it really matters um, whether he's, he's he's taller than me or not, but <laughs> I, I am definitely taller than him, 100%. The fact, the fact that when we train together, he has to do almost a tiptoe to get the bar off the rack sometimes. <laughs> really yeah so I am definitely taller than him that's the worst thing about training with Alex because she is so small how tall are you? small she's small she's small um, <laughs> small yeah um, and uh, so when we're doing squats together obviously you can't have two uh, two bars on the rack so I have to like do half a squat just to get the blooming bar up yeah um, and when you're doing like a like five reps or whatever with a weight like it's yeah it's not fun 
No. No, when you're like if you're doing like a high intensity and you're and it's heavy and you're like, Oh, hello, this is heavy and I've now got to I'm already fucked getting to five reps. Just, uh, just, yeah. Just trying to get it off. And this is that's when injuries happen, Ed. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Should, say. should strip the strip all the bar off. We should move the height up, put all the weight back on the bar. Never going to happen, though, is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> no, not a chance. Uh, um, what have you been doing this week? So, uh, just bear in mind that when people are listening, this it will actually be the eighth of July. Uh, yeah, eighth of July. Of course, and it's actually I... really now the thirtieth of June. So do you want me to make up what I'm going to be doing this week or shall I just no, talk about what I've done? So I've uh, ran three marathons in one day. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, wow. no, um, I, I've just got back from a wedding, sort of, like a wedding party. Uh, so the friends who got married in Mauritius a few well, a month ago now, um, we uh, they had a, like a home wedding party thing. So I've been down down near Johnny. Um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, that. So this morning was a, a struggle. Um, uh, yeah, I had to be like airlifted out of bed, pretty much. Uh, mm. Hungover, uh, I assume. Yeah, a little bit rough. Yeah, must have been the food. Must have been the food. Green yeah, <laughs> uh, said airlifted out of bed. I thought, oh, has he suddenly turned into like the my, my six hundred pound life or whatever those types of <laughs> films or, or uh, programs documentaries are. What was that one where they had to like knock down the side of the house or something just to get them out to get them to hospital? That must be that must be more frequently than one person. Oh god, yeah. I think the most intriguing one was: Did you ever see the man with the ten-ton balls? (laughs) It was a bit like the South Park episode where they um, they got cancer in the balls and they put put them in wheelbarrows and they're like, yeah, a bit like that. He he looked like he had a literally a space hopper between his legs. Which is outrageous. They're massive. I'm not going to Google it. I'm not going to Google it. Um, albeit, I don't believe anything to do with being overweight. I think he had a problem with his testicles. Yeah, maybe had a tumor or something. Yes, but they were massive. They were literally like a, you know, like you know what a space hopper is, don't you? Obviously, you mm, yeah, held yeah. onto little ears and bounce them down. Right? They were, it's literally like having a space hopper between his legs. I was like, how could you manage that every day? It'd be pretty painful if you did jump on them. But I wonder if it. Oosh. Yeah. I wonder if the, the maybe the cushion of whatever is causing that growth that isn't painful, I don't know. Probably is, let's be honest. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, why would you even let them get that big, though? Like, surely as soon as they start to go a bit bigger than normal, you'd be like, right, these need going. I think he was going to the doctors, mate. I don't think he just suddenly went, oh, they've gotten a bit big, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, overnight. <laughs> oh, look, it's suddenly weigh 10 tonnes. That's massive. I don't know if they were 10 tonnes. I think it was just the name of the programme. That's, that's a, yeah, yeah. It's quite a lot of weight. 10 tonne balls. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it was called? Like I think it was a man with 10 ton balls. Yeah, I think it was something like that. I can't remember now. It's a while ago. 10 ton is a lot. It is a lot. I like don't you think need a wagon good. to move. Yeah, it might be 10 stone balls. That's probably more balls, likely, maybe. let's be yeah. honest. 10 pound balls. 10 pound. No, they were definitely bigger than 10 pounds. Uh, but anyway, so you weren't the man getting airlifted out of the out hotel. Of no. no, just got too hungover. Um, yeah, so no, that was... Really. I'll tell you what, we haven't heard from you in a while, Ed. We haven't really heard. So, obviously, you were, in air quotes, dieting from Mauritius. Um, <laughs> did one day dieting. Yeah, did one day dieting. <laughs> Scoff, ha. And I guess since you've been back, what's kind of been your approach to nutrition <laughs> and training? Um, keeping things kind of moderate throughout the week where I can, food-wise, uh, and then just enjoying the weekends a bit more. So, just kind of living like a normal human being, I suppose. Um yeah, so I, uh, 
yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I've been doing nutrition wise. Nothing special, nothing kind of really aiming at anything. Like not really like aiming to bulk or to diet, just to kind of keep things in check. Um, training wise, uh, I've been pretty consistent in terms of training once a week. Uh, <laughs> um, is good? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I never not train once a week, and it's if I train another time, then uh, then that's a bit of Brucey bonus. Uh, but I've been playing hockey again, so. Um, yeah, just sort of prioritizing work, life, training, balance, and uh, yeah, it just means you kind of can't always do it as much as you like. But I'd happily be in there every night. But um, Mate, yeah, my wife is two weeks from due date. I know what it's like to not be able to do it whenever you like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so exactly like yeah, um, so I always make Monday night. I can go to the gym. That's fine. Um, and then if I can get another session in throughout the week, then it's all good. But yeah, just evenings get very busy. Um, so, yeah. but I'm I'm kind of I don't you know a lot of people kick themselves about it. Um, I definitely don't do that. So I kind of yeah see it as an advantage if I can go to the gym and if I can train and stuff. But hopefully I get a bit more time back on my side soon and um, yeah I'll be able to do a bit more training. I think if you I don't think it's a bad approach. I think when life gets busy, I think that's one of the things that people might struggle with is is kind of feeling like not optimal is not good enough and in reality mm. actually even being moderate during the week and moderate I'm assuming you mean pretty well restricted and kind of probably enough of a calorie buffer to be able to be a bit more flamboyant at the weekend and, and oh, not do course, too much yeah. damage yeah and yeah pair that with even training once or twice a week that's more than enough to kind of maintain and just keep yourself ticking over isn't it yeah certainly yeah I mean it's not as if I'm not active during the week like some days I'll be an absolute sloth and just sit at my desk all day but um i'm yeah you know, i'm hitting probably seven eight thousand steps a day so i'm moving about and um and quite often carrying stuff at work so uh, but and then obviously playing hockey uh once a week coaching once a week so i'm moving around a lot in that sense as well so it's not as if i'm not an active person i'm, I'm pretty active it's just gym activities slightly limited yeah. um but, the reason i want to the reason i want to say that is because obviously we know the mentality for a lot of people and clients and, and kind of population that we've, we've worked with. They've come to us with a mentality of kind of all or nothing or mm-hmm. optimal is, is either uh, a necessity or we may as well not try. And that's far, I say that's far from the truth. And I think obviously that's a kind of the damaging mindset or, or kind of even a limiting mindset to you ever achieving your goals if you kind of think like that because there's never going to be a perfect time there's never going to be um kind of like even even like perfection um continuous perfection even that's what i'm trying to say there's never going to be even really continuous perfection there's always going to be roadblocks or objected objections or something that kind of comes up barriers that stops people being perfect or having this optimal approach and if you have this mindset of where well oh well i've broken it so i may as well break properly now that is going to be this kind of limiting fact if you ever really achieve what you want to achieve in your goals and to be honest, even even from a happiness perspective, I think it can be quite damaging for people's happiness because you take the the example of a yo-yo dieter that kind of continually loses some weight, obviously can't stick to that diet, puts on loads of weight, and just kind of continues that cycle. Are they ever really happy, or are, do they always feel like they're continuously dieting? And I think also like the happiness thing is really important because I think you get that continuous like letting yourself down as well. Um, and I know. Uh, probably like over Christmas when I get ridiculously busy with uh, the shop work um, 
and some weeks I won't train. And I remember not the Christmas just gone, the one before, which was the first kind of like really, really busy period I'd had and work and everything. And um, and I literally I didn't train for about three or four weeks, something like that. Um, and it it got to me because I wasn't happy because I wasn't training. Whereas this kind of year and and changing things now, even if I get a thirty-five minute, forty-minute session in, like that makes me really happy, and I know that I've gone and I've got a bit of a pump and and that sort of stuff. So it, it's definitely a case of if. Um, if, if it's stressing you out to, to be able to, to be on the diet, to be uh, in the gym and stuff like that because you can't go five times a week and you can't eat 800 calories a day and that's stressing you out, then you need to find a, a bit of a better balance, definitely. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, once you've got that balance, then it, it, it will make you a lot, lot happier. Um, and it makes it easier as well and it makes you more likely to go because the amount of times, I don't know if you've ever done this, it's a bit different, I suppose, because you've got the gym at home, but if I didn't have an hour and a half to dedicate to the gym then I wasn't going to go whereas now okay I've got a cheeky half an hour I'll go and I'll do a little bit of chest and a little bit of arms or something or um you know whatever it may be um yeah and I kind of because I can I know I can do that pump and I can just kind of hit it a bit harder and and kind of go a bit closer to failure that sort of stuff uh because I know I'm not going to be training them for a few days that's absolutely fine with me and as long as I can get a good half an hour um it's not optimal it's not perfect it's it's never going to turn me into Ronnie Coleman but uh it's it's a bit of a pump and they enjoy it and yeah that's the main thing yeah i think it can be enough at least to stop that regression enough to just kind of keep you ticking over and and that glorious maintenance type of phase or position or or kind of this maintenance practice that people just don't seem to be able to get yeah 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 just yeah keep keep the tissue turning over and yeah hopefully maintain as much muscle mass as possible yeah so so yeah that's all good it's all good Good. it's good Lots of goods. Lots of goods. You never heard good said so many times in one good in sentence. <laughs> so um, today, I won't bother going for my week. My week's been particularly uneventful. Um, nice day yesterday, though, wasn't it? Sunny. Beautiful. Got, yeah. Got got a little bit of a tan. Um, but other than that, no, uh, haven't done a huge amount. I've just been consistent with my training as usual. Nutrition. So. Uh, I've kind of been maintaining, gaintaining almost so for the past however long. I said I wasn't going to go into my week, but actually I suppose I just touched on this. I haven't spoken about it too much, but I uh, obviously dieted photo shoot last year. Um, went for a long bulking phase with a couple of kind of diets or mini cuts um, in between, um, and then uh, I think I had probably another bulking period. I can't, I'm trying to think when up to now. So from from kind of like the start of this year, because uh, time's gone so bloody quick. I'm trying to, I can't try and think back through my phases and what I've done. Um, and then I had, yeah, to be honest, most basically for the most part, I've been kind of bulking, maintaining throughout from the end of the photo shoot last year with a, either some diet breaks or some kind of more tried to get some aggressive mini cuts to obviously cut down some of the accumulated body fat tissue. Um, and then that's that's pretty much been up to since when I got back from Rhodes in May, and then since then I've kind of been what I considered kind of maintenance, but for the most part pretty relaxed. Therefore, I've probably gone into small surpluses most days because I've not really, albeit I've, I've kind of been mostly tracking my nutrition still. Um, I've not really been too fussed about going over on days where I felt like it I've not been too fussed about having like if I'm out for social occasions where I might try and be more moderate 
of, of kind of like trying to moderate my nutrition or, or calorie intake for that day I've kind of been a, a bit more like you know what let's pee in the wind boys and let's just see what happens and just let things go a bit more so yeah I think I, I suppose but having that maintenance aim is, is almost giving me that kind of buffer or giving me something to aim at which means if I do go a bit over I'm not drastically over so it's kind of kept me in reins almost a little bit if that's the probably easy way to do it yeah, that's basically yeah. what I'm doing for ages my, my weight's kind of pretty static but it's, I mean I suppose like to give an example I'm pretty static and it's been hovering around the 176 178 probably now for the last two months so you might you might say oh yeah you could be going on average like half a pound or like a pound a month going up which is a pretty slow rate of gain yeah it is massively yeah yeah but we also know that our rate of gain should be pretty slow certainly compared to the rate of fat loss so i'm pretty happy but actually i suppose I, I i guess like there's been times where i've questioned myself and times where i thought oh, i don't feel particularly in shape um i'm at my like if you when i started obviously with you when we did the photo shoot prep i started on 183 pounds so i'm only five pounds off that now yeah yeah um so I guess I'm like pushing that top end of what I would consider my heavier side. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like it. Sometimes actually I think, you know what, actually no, I feel like I'm still quite a way off it, even though it's only five pounds, which is obviously a positive thing. So you know, I suppose the point I'm trying to get to is that I, I, I kind of feel really good about myself and where I am. I feel really good about kind of the, the, the relaxed and the stress-free-ness of it, um, albeit... You know, full transparency. I have had my moments where I thought, "Oh, I could have easily jumped back." I think now's time to diet. You know, or every now and then when I feel a bit uncomfortable myself, I think, "Oh, maybe now's time to diet." But usually, to be honest, that disappears after a day or an hour, or even a couple of hours. And I normally think, "Actually, don't know what. I feel quite comfortable, and you know, training's going good. Let's not halt that. Let's keep going. That type of stuff." So, it ties in quite nicely with kind of what we wanted to talk about a bit more today as well, doesn't it? Um, yes. sort of time time to diet and, and it's almost as though you did that on purpose I didn't I swear that's how I feel <laughs> uh, um, but yeah yeah, we kind of wanted to touch upon uh, are you ready to diet is it time to diet or should you be maybe looking at a slightly different goal for, for a short period until, until it is time to, to properly diet and um, I think we thought that there's a lot of people probably in that situation a bit like Brett where they're saying oh you know should, should I should I diet again should I not and and um, or, or should I start a diet from scratch, or whatever kind of position you're in? Hopefully, uh, you can pick some nuggets up from from this. I think that's probably a good place to start. Is where I suppose if we're going to answer that question, are you ready to diet? I guess it's going to be very much well. What position are you in to start, mm-hmm. and that's going to determine really when you're you're ready to diet. So maybe I'll throw out a couple of like. Or I'll give an example of when you like you're you're not ready to diet, and you know you can throw out some more examples. We can kind of yeah, of talk through them because it's pretty unstructured and unplanned. We haven't really talked about it so far, so who knows what's going to come out? But I suppose like for me, just touching on what I said in when we were chatting in your update, really, one of the things I think which when people are starting to um, consider whether they're looking to go into a fat loss diet, so when we use the term diet, obviously we're looking at people that want to lose body fat. One thing they should consider is, do they have a history of dieting? So that analogy I used of a yo-yo dieter, so someone that maybe feels like they're dieting their entire life but have never really lost any weight. And 
I'm talking over the chronic term here rather than acute because obviously most people have lost weight acutely so they've had periods of going on a diet and losing some weight but then they might put that weight back on very very quickly so they might lose a couple of stone over a few months but then within a month they put back that two stone back on again and that cycle repeats and I think that's a position where you need to consider whether you are ready to go on a diet I know you've been dieting I know that's obviously like um, the, the, the history is that you have been a dieter but you've not really achieved anything so you've kind of built up all this diet fatigue and has built up all of the negative effects of a diet but because I guess the rebounds and the yo-yoing is quite extreme for a lot of people that might mean that they've got all the negatives of a diet without any of the actual outcome or the, the dare I use the word positives if that's the right phrase but the positive of the diet i.e. the weight loss so that would definitely be for me a place where people should consider not looking to start a diet what should they do instead then to keep on that scenario great question because that would be what everyone should be asking um so for me i guess the fact that they've tried dieting they've tried to go on a diet and it's not worked because they've yo-yoed because they've gone up and down as i say they've built up all these negative um uh what's the word negative help me ed can't think of the right word side effects i can't think of yeah yeah phrase but these negative effects of dieting effects not side effects negative effects of dieting that's what i should should say um but without the the achievement of it um that's obviously going to put you in a place where if you start try to start a diet again you're just fanning the flames you're just going to put yourself into more stress more diet fatigue potentially more food focus um and you're just gonna you're not gonna succeed you're gonna get to a point where you maybe lose a bit of weight again but it gets too hard because of all of this this kind of built up diet stress and diet fatigue um where you're inevitably gonna fail and then just just probably go on a on a break and binge cycle again creating more guilt creating more uh, or a poor relationship with food and that's just a negative cycle you don't want to be at so what i think you should do instead of that is take some time to try and get a regular structure of, or a framework of eating. One that you'd expect to do and just not focus on weight. So that would be maybe look at a, um, dare I say it, maintenance phase. You could have a planned maintenance in terms of actually having a, a specific amount of calories worked out what should maintain your weight and just try and kind of hold your weight where it is and just build this framework while you're trying to hold this weight. So just get into the habits of eating regular meals, eating protein of every meal, eating fruits and vegetables, um, eating mostly whole foods, reducing the amount of junk foods, that type of stuff, along with exercise and, and, and stuff. You could do it that way, or you could take the, the health at any size approach or health at every size, um, the haze approach, um, and not even focus on diet at all. So not even really focus on a maintenance diet or a, or a uh, weight or a calorie restricted diet and just focus on actual like th- those frameworks, those habits. So the things that help every size, uh, they kind of promote. So just basically trying to be a healthy individual, whatever your size. I think that's one of the things, and this is a podcast for another day, but obviously health at every size, everyone gets that a bit mi- uh, mixed up, I think, in terms of what the outcomes are. Probably because there's a lot of people spout on that term in the wrong name. You know, they're trying to say that everyone's healthy at any size, which is obviously not true. Um, I think it's more a case of that people are... I'm kind of getting a bit off topic, aren't I? But people are um, entitled to do all the healthy behaviours and become a healthy individual, even if they are overweight or health at every size is is the whole point. Um, Where was I going with that? Anyway, so my point is, obviously, you can have a a kind of more direct 
particularly structured diet of kind of a maintenance phase or you can maybe just try to focus on some really healthy habits um, and just become a healthy individual and not worry so much about weight. Now, I know that's easier said than done because obviously a lot of the reasons and rationales why do people want to go to a diet because they want to lose weight, they want to feel more confident about themselves. Um, but I guess, as I say, they need to be really honest with themselves around whether they can, whether they're in a position to do so. Yeah, yeah, because they just could. It could be like the the Oprah Winfrey effect, where she loses loads of weight and then she puts even more back on, and then lose loses <clears throat> all that weight again, and then puts even more back on. Um, it just yeah, it's just the starve binge cycle almost. Um, no, that's that's cracking, and um, you, you kind of you do get like, we do get a lot of uh, not not always clients, but a lot of people kind of asking for advice uh, who are in that situation, and it, it's the ones that aren't ready to accept that that's that might be the issue um that kind of walk away and go well he, he wasn't willing to help me um so um uh, you know that that crap I'm, I'm not going to work with them um because you know you're always right in your own head and that but <laughs> when we've kind of given the advice and that's probably the, the proper advice or the the way we think that to you know to be sort of mentally and physically healthier about dieting um that we think that's the way to go and, and they don't want that answer so um yeah yeah you, you see you see it a lot you do see it a lot that can, that can be very difficult in someone comes to you with their own goals and if you don't mm. kind of because this can be from a client or it can be someone just asking for help you know like in a facebook group or whatever but if you don't feel like maybe it's the best goal for them right now and that is part of our job as a practitioner to i suppose change their motivation and kind of maybe see um what might be a more beneficial longer term goal i.e let's not worry so much about weight loss right now even though yeah, you come yeah. to me for weight loss let's not worry about weight loss right so much now because actually i see something kind of like a bigger picture here where um you might benefit more from just kind of these healthier habits and behaviors and just starting to learn and accept yourself a little bit as well Rather than yeah feel, oh, yeah i've got to have washboard abs or i've got to be you know like, i've done it myself I've been, I've been there um i when I first started getting into nutrition, I'd been training in the gym probably like I don't know, two years maybe, kind of spinning my wheels a little bit, but I put on a, a, like a, a little bit of noticeable muscle. Um, like I looked like I trained. Um, and uh, I went to a coach and said, you know, I, I really want to diet down, I want to do a photo shoot. And um, I didn't think I'd started dieting for, it was probably getting on for 16 months after I went to him. Um, because I... Uh, it, it, he didn't really say it to me, but basically, I needed to to bulk a bit more. I needed to bring my calories up more. I needed to get better control of kind of uh, what I was eating, consistency, like things like protein timing and all the, this sort of stuff that I I wasn't doing. Um, so uh, before I could then go into a diet and to you know look half decent, and um, sometimes just jumping into the diet straight away is, is whether you dieted before or not. Uh, it might not always be the best best thing, and I've had loads and loads of guys um, where I've said, right, okay, well, let's diet, but let's not unless they've got a real time goal. Um, but let's leave the diet for a month or two, and let's try and build the calories up first. Because if their maintenance calories are like two thousand calories, um, and you don't build them up, then um, you, you're going to be dieting on twelve hundred calories as a you know six foot male or whatever. So, um, which nobody wants to do. Uh, I, I talked about it a bit in one of my stories this week, actually. Um, I talked about, and this was a little clickbaity, but actually true, I think, in that I said that starvation mode doesn't exist. Uh, sorry, starvation mode does actually exist. Mm. I don't know if I seem to think it doesn't. 
Um, I was I thought I'd get more messages if I'm honest about people saying what the fuck has happened. I thought you evidence based, and I actually yeah. no one. So I don't know whether they thought I was just joking and it was clickbaity or whether. But genuinely, like starvation mode does exist, and I don't mean it like it doesn't exist. As in, if you're on a calorie deficit, you won't not lose weight. Yeah, I'm not saying that if you don't eat food, starvation mode kicks in and you'll stop losing weight or you'll put on weight. That that doesn't exist. I guess that's maybe where the clickbaity bit comes from. But what does exist is like metabolic adaptation or yeah. all of the things that we know your body does to basically try and remain in homeostasis, i.e. Um, like moving less, re- reduction of need, uh, reduction of thermogenesis, being more efficient with energy, um, hormone uh regulation so your leptin and your grilling and all the things that, that obviously makes you eat or makes you feel satiated they're all things that you would consider really starvation mode like in yeah. the, the the easiest of terms because they are things that are actually your body thinks it's starving so albeit it can't stop you losing weight in a calorie deficit it will try and get you to eat more it will try to get you to move less and it will try and stop you to lose weight and that's the thing is what you're kind of talked about is that if people have been dieting for a long period of time and a lot of these uh, adaptations have occurred, you don't really want to be starting a diet now after you kind of built up all of these adaptations or, or your calories already pretty low. Can you you just, I mean, are you going to be maintaining your weight at 1200 calories as a six foot male? Probably not, but the principle still applies. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. If, if you're, you, the, some people basically would benefit from not doing a diet and, or it's not the most scientific of terms, but driving your calories back up again, reducing some of these adaptations and just kind of building your capacity on metabolic capacity up again. And so that when you do want to start a diet, you're in a far better place to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of what we were trying to say to a lot of the photo shoot clients that we had. So when we finished um, in May, a lot of them were like, yeah, I'm going to carry on. I'm going to carry on. And it's like, well, you've dieted now for like 14 weeks so that's that's a fairly long diet um and consistently as well with the only like the odd blip day um so you, you can't really go jumping straight into another diet because your calories are already like for one of my cal- clients the calories were like down to a thousand calories a day and uh the some days she was eating less than that um because she had to because because of her height because of her weight you, you just have to eat that little because that's what your body requires to lose weight um and um, she was only in a few hundred calorie deficit um but uh for them to carry on dieting on that she'd have been down on like 800 calories and you just you just can't do that so kind of let her have a bit of a period of not uncontrolled eating but just eating a bit more like sort of humanly um and eating uh a bit more food weight has only gone up a few pounds uh which isn't really going to be fat and um yeah, and it's uh, it's going to bring up your kind of maintenance calorie level a little bit just by in- introducing a little bit more food here and there, um, a bit like you would do when you when you're trying to gain nice and steadily. Um, and like I've got clients now, um, so like Ben, um, he used to maintain on it was around about like sort of eighteen hundred calories ish, um, and because he was a you know he was a very slim guy. Um, now he maintains on like 2,800 to 3,000 calories a day. A, a, a day. Um, so just through, obviously he's a little bit heavier now. He's a bit more active probably than what he was because he goes on a run. But it's also the fact that we've managed to build those calories up. So every time we now go on a mini cut, 
like we start dieting on 2,500 calories. He thought that was going to be, when we started, remember him saying, oh, if we can get to 2,500 calories to maintain weight, uh, that would be amazing. That would be so good. And like, I wouldn't expect anything more than that. Um, and now we're dieting on that 2,500 calories. So, uh, yeah, so it, it's, um, it, it kind of does need to happen. And I think that's why if you're wanting to do something like get shredded for a photo shoot or uh, step on stage or something like that, you do need that that bulking period or that kind of calorie increase period. Um, yeah, so that's why you shouldn't leave your diet until the last three weeks before going on holiday or whatever. So, I think this is probably a good time to talk about. So if you're, um, well, I was going to say, now, now I think it's a good time to talk about the diet before the diet. So kind of the principle of that, if you've got a lot, lot of weight to lose, I guess all the things that we've talked about in terms of adaptation and the diet fatigue and food focus and potentially a lot of the stuff that you're going to encounter as a problem when dieting, um, you can't do it all in one stint. So this is kind of where the term the diet before the diet comes in. So the term of dieting before actually starting a diet, which is basically the principle of getting yourself to a reachable or a, or a healthy weight where you're not too far off your goal weight. Um, and obviously that's subjective uh, in terms of what that means, not too far off. But if you've got 20 kilos to lose, you know, you're not going to lose 20 kilos necessarily in one stint. Or if you are, it's going to be over a long, long period of time, probably with some uh, breaks in between, even if you don't know. So even if you don't necessarily account for or plan breaks, you might take um, uh, unaccounted for breaks because you binged uh, at times or because you didn't stick to diet or you had holidays or something that just inevitably means that you've just gone not dieting straight because very few people will diet for straight and lose you know that type of weight in one go it's the same with like physique competitors if you're looking to get as a physique competitor to 4% body fat to get on stage if you're 30 40 pounds above stage weight you're not going to do that in one go and get that lean because that, to get that level of leanness is so much stress and diet fatigue. Um, you can't start a place and lose 40 pounds and expect to, to get there because you'll you'll more than likely give up before because of all the things we've already talked about, which is where yeah. the diet before the diet comes in. So actually you might be better doing a diet, getting, you know, if you're say 30 pounds off stage weight, 15 pounds, even 20 pounds off, then you can have a little break where you kind of have a maintenance phase of however long it might be, you know, several weeks, several months where you kind of just maintain, keep that condition, but start to let all of that diet fatigue dissipate and start to kind of get back to kind of feeling normal and good again at that kind of newer, lower body weight. Then you go again and then you could, you know, feel refreshed and ready to go and diet and get down to that particular weight. And I think that's the same principle, even, you know, non-stage competitors with people with just lots of weight to lose. Um, don't expect to do it all in one go you know the, the analogy is often used in dieting is for people if you're driving from Scotland to you know the south of England you can't drive in one go without filling up your car full of petrol yeah absolutely you'll run out of fuel so you have yeah. to stop and take breaks and relax or you know that type of that type of analogy to, to get there otherwise you'll just break down yeah certainly certainly and I, I think a lot of people just don't realise that they think because um, it's like when so like with the uh, clients that I know we've got a long diet ahead I always try and work out roughly where they want to be and then backtrack so uh, I know like with uh, one of my clients Jack who's, who's not uh, too long ago uh, was did a photo shoot and uh, stepped on stage at the end of May and we 
we said, right, okay, realistically, when do we want this to happen? When do we want to compete? Right, okay, so May's the best time. Okay, so now we've got to backtrack. We know we need to lose between somewhere between 10 and 12 kilos, roughly. Um, and it's an educated guess. It might be a little bit more. You kind of always need to lose a bit more than what you think. Um, and we went off past experience of kind of how lean he's been on all the little mini diets we've had um, and stuff like that. And then we backtracked and we said, right, okay, well, looking at roughly half a kilo a week, um, and then add on a few extra weeks because uh, not every week you're going to lose half a kilo because you're going to have the weeks where you've got to drop down the calories um, because you've maintained for that week or what have you. We've got to add in then three or four diet breaks for, for at least a week uh, or so or just a few days. So you're just constantly adding in all these extra weeks. And then we kind of looked at it and said, right, okay, realistically, we need to start this diet in November. Okay, well, now we've got to factor in the fact that you're going on holiday for a couple of weeks over Christmas. So let's add on another couple of weeks so you can treat that as a diet break. Um, and, and if you undo any of the kind of the work we've initially done. Um, so we kind of treated that a bit of a diet before the diet for, for a couple of months leading up to this holiday. Then the real sort of serious diet kicks off uh, in January. Um, but you do have to backtrack and add on so much more time than what you think. Um, if you're, yeah, if you want to sort of achieve a certain, um, body weight or look or whatever it may be, or however you're kind of measuring your progress, uh, you haven't uh, turned your microphone on. There's also, there's also, I, I thought I just, I actually just muted myself. I did, t- I turned it off rather than turn it off. Um, I wasn't on mute. Uh, there's also the, and this is slightly off topic, but still slightly related. The Matador study, obviously, where um, restricted energy intake—sorry, linear restricted energy intake versus um, non-linear. So, kind of dieting straight, start to finish, say, twelve-week diet or a twenty-four-week diet, where you have two weeks on, two weeks off. Obviously, this, the latter takes twice as long. But the that group in that study, in the Matador study, the group that were dieting on and off had better results. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think some of the authors, uh, and I'll be honest, it's been ages since I read it, so I need to, to think back and, and think of that, because obviously this came out a couple of years ago, and I haven't read it probably since it came out properly, but they were looking at what metabolic advantages there were for doing that, and I'm not sure there were many. However, one thing you can probably say, there's probably definitely an adherence advantage. The fact yeah, that massively. people can go hard for two weeks, have two weeks off, know it, or, or then knowing they've got two weeks off and have a bit of a break, and then go again. Whereas someone that's got a diet for twelve weeks straight is far less motivating and probably far less likely to adhere to. Yeah, and I think at the the end of it as well, you're more likely to keep the weight off or to have enjoyed it a bit more, or also um, to not binge your tits off as well uh, at the end of it. So like you look at, um, I suppose using that as like a real world example, uh, but with uh, people who like, do bodybuilding stuff and stepping on stage. And you see the guys that diet for 12 weeks, whether they need 12 weeks, whether they need 20 weeks, whether they need 30 weeks, it's 12 weeks is the magic number. So they they diet for that and they go really, really hard and they're doing 10 hours cardio a week and um, they're eating like a chicken breast and a piece of broccoli for every single meal. Uh, They're miserable, they're like arguing with their partners, they never go out, they're social recluses and then they get to the show day and they eat a whole pack of like 12 Krispy Kreme donuts with four pizzas and, and all the horror stories you hear. And uh, before you know it, they're like 15 kilos up um, two weeks later. And like you, you genuinely see this um, compared to somebody who's got a decent coach and uh, kind of knows a bit more about this sort of stuff. 
and they've dieted for 24 weeks or whatever it may be, 30 weeks, um, and they've taken it nice and steady. They've had plenty of diet breaks. The calorie deficit has been less. They've not been doing as much cardio, all that sort of stuff, taking it really steady. They come out the other end and they don't binge their tits off. Yeah, all right, you have a few meals out and a, you know, a little bit of uh, craziness like everybody does, but they're the ones then who are slowly bringing the weight back up, which puts them in a better position. And they, they can then, they're not ballooned and worse than where they were before they started the diet um, because they've, they've been smart about it. So, mm-hmm. you know. I am... Um... The first time I went on a proper, uh, not the word extreme, but a proper fat loss diet. So obviously I've lost kind of weight over a long period of time when I was overweight um, from my early teens or like late teens, sorry, to early 20s. And then I started to lose weight. But then in my early 30s, when I kind of started to learn more about nutrition, I went on a proper weight loss diet and got relatively lean. Now that was in like something like, I don't know. 12 weeks, probably again, a, probably a pretty straight linear 12 week diet. And then I went on holiday and put on 19 pounds in two weeks. So if, if anything, again, to show you that you can't always do a straight diet and then expect there to be a lot of success at the end of it. Um, yes, there's obviously things like correct coaching or support, a support mechanism at the end of it and education type stuff. And obviously I wouldn't be like I wouldn't be as bad as that now, um, albeit I do obviously put a lot of weight when I do on holiday because it, but it's planned and, and usually something that I'm fully aware of. But yeah, I suppose the point is obviously consider that sometimes break breaks are a good thing and kind of taking some time out and and looking at it in terms of phases, a maintenance phase is probably something that will benefit you in the long run. I think as well, it kind of does take away that kind of diet mentality and the psychology of it and you're no longer thinking I'm on a diet and you're starting to learn just to eat as basic and, and kind of like reductionist as it sounds just learning how to eat yeah yeah it, it seems silly because you however old you are that so many years you've been eating you're like well I know how to eat and it's like yeah but you wouldn't be in the position you're in if you knew how to eat obviously it depends on the start position are we talking somebody who's like 25 stone and needs to lose the weight for health reasons or are we talking about somebody who's doing it for vanity and just wants abs for the beach um but i think you kind of do have the reason why everybody's not walking around shredded all the time is because we we kind of don't know how to eat in the sense of that is low calorie or, or what have you um, and even if you are a particularly good eater and you, you know, you eat three square meals a day, you're not overeating, you know, kind of how to, uh, not overindulge and, and, and that you, you still need to sort of tweak your habits to be able to diet successfully, I think, um, because you do have to start making changes, maybe not initially, um, but I have to start eating more volume foods or you might have to start eating more regularly or cutting out meals or you know whatever sort of approaches you, you, you take to things um but you have to start to set that up before you start dieting because if you're such an ad hoc eater where you, you know, like might grab a i don't know like you grab a greg's on the way to work so you have a cheese and bean toasty or whatever the pastry things on the on the way to work um then you raid the chocolate tin mid-morning uh, you have a couple of chocolate bars and I don't know, a bag of crisps for your lunch because you didn't buy anything and that's all you could be asked to get from the shop. Uh, and then you go home and you eat loads and loads of food for, for your tea, like a massive meal. 
um, and then you just like snack on things all, all evening. And that's like a really regular thing that you see um, people doing. But, oh yeah, well I eat fine. You know, I eat three meals a day. It's like, well, are they meals and, and that sort of thing? So you want to start saying, right, okay, well let's start eating breakfast properly. Uh, and this was something I did with a with a client a few years ago. Um, they grabbed food on the way to work every day. And I said, right, before you leave the house, I want you to have breakfast. Um, and then straight away, having a slice of toast um, before she left the house meant that she wasn't stopping off the pastry on the way to work. Um, so straight away there, you've already saved yourself like five, six, seven hundred calories probably. Um, and then uh, and then it was like, right, okay, well, I want you to take in lunch to work. I don't want you to go to the shop and buy it because when you're hungry and you're looking at things, you're like, well, okay, I'll just grab that or, oh, that's on offer or, oh, I quite fancy that. Whereas if you've already got it with you, you, you eat it. And then if that's something that's only four or 500 calories, again, you probably save yourself another four or 500 calories. Um, and then if, you're in, if you've had a good day of eating, you're less likely then uh, to eat something stupid later on in the day. Um, and you may be more likely to go to the gym or do some exercise as well. So um, even though you're kind of not tweaking timing or that sort of stuff, just building in some better habits is going to set you up so much better for further down the line. Um, so taking the time out for that, I think, is massively important. Concur. Shall we round up on kind of what or when do we think people are in the best time to start a diet? Then. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, we, wanna... we've kind of we've kind of said about it uh, indirectly, or uh, yeah, indirectly, I suppose, by mm. by saying what you shouldn't do, maybe. We, you know, we could say do it, but if we just round up as a bit round up, say this is what people should do. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, if you like your your eating your if your eating habits are in, in in a very good place, if you're kind of eating, I suppose quite normally, I suppose uh, in the sense of you uh, aren't kind of like a, an ad hoc eater, so you're not just kind of like grabbing bits of food as and when or um, that sort of thing. So, so I think that's kind of structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got a good eating structure and uh, potentially, I'd, I wouldn't necessarily say a good preparation structure, but it definitely does help. Um, I mean, you can diet, you know, buying stuff for each meal, but um, it doesn't help. Uh, I, I think having a plan is key for 90% mm. of people rather than just winging it. Yes, a flexible dieter that knows their macros and calories can wing it a bit more even then, you know, you're putting yourself into a position where you're having to use willpower and um, pick up decisions on the fly, which might inevitably leave you short at some point and not and, and far away from optimal where you, you kind of really struggle with the diet. So, I, I, yeah, I, I think planning, I, you're a bit understated there, mate. I think planning is, is key for most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And quite often when you speak to clients who have had a bad day or a bad week, um and you kind of you get to the bottom of it, and basically they they weren't prepared. Um, yeah, so it's the best thing you can ever learn from the scouts: be prepared. Be prepared, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's the same. Just what we talked about in terms of mentally. So if you're kind of food focused, if you're kind of thinking you're you've if you if you kind of you've had a history of dieting for a while or a recent history of dieting, and it has left you food focused, and it has left you feeling a bit diet fatigued. So I suppose like that term diet fatigue can, is a bit all-encompassing, but I kind of use it as in terms of physical tiredness, um, physical fatigue, that type of stuff from dieting that we obviously you do get, but also the kind of that mental fatigue of where you just feel a bit like, oh, I can't manage it. I can't, you know, like the thought of dieting again is just, oh, it feels like a hard slog. So 
yeah, I think if you've kind of got any of that lingering around, then there's obviously not a great time to start. Um, food, as I say, the food focus, so the fact that you're, you're constantly feeling restricted and focusing on what food you can't have, and obviously the thought of going to die makes you think, oh, I can't have that chocolate, or I can't have this. Uh, that's probably, again, giving you some signs that maybe it's not the best time to start. Um, yeah, and I suppose if you if you have lost a lot of weight of of recently and you've not really gone through any type of break or maintenance phase or 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 time to kind of dissipate a lot of these negative uh outcomes then yeah that's another time to think oh well maybe now is not the right time and i need to go through that phase yeah yeah um i think something i suppose we haven't really touched upon as well is um what's what's in the forecast ahead um there's never going to be a perfect time to diet so you know you're always going to have a, a meal out or a night away or a holiday or you know a few few days off or whatever. You're always going to have that coming up, and you're never going to have a clear like 16 week block where you can just smash it because it's not how life works. Um, but at the same time, though, if you're planning on starting a diet on Monday and that weekend you are um, going out with the girls or going out with the guys and you're going out on the lash and you know you're going to be eating out and all that. I'm not saying don't start the diet on Monday. I'm just saying factor that in so you don't then have to restart again the next Monday and kind of get out of that on-off approach and um, just sort of factor these things in. So, um, so yeah, so instead of kind of going, oh, well, I've, I've fucked it now, um, I'm, I'm you know, going to have the next week off or whatever to recover and, and then you're two, three weeks down the line, you've, you've not really started your diet. Just how about your diet Monday to Friday and then that Saturday, Sunday, whilst you're away, enjoy it a little bit be slightly restrictive because you are supposed to be dieting but at the same time enjoy it and then just continue again on monday don't start again just continue um dieting isn't binary so i don't know why people always think it is you know it's not on off diet there are are varying levels in between like unless like but but the only thing that's really binary is death you're either dead or you're not like (laughs) much else or if johnny was on here he would definitely be saying male and female sexes He'd be saying that's very binary. You're either a male or a female. But then Johnny's very offensive. So, <laughs> um, cool. I say we round it up there. I hope yeah. that's been really useful for people. I've got a new feature I want to bring in. Okay. How interesting is this? I think we have a uh, a feature about the good and bad of the week. And what I mean by the good and bad of the week is good and bad products. Whee! So people can't see okay. this unless we ever decide to one day stick this stuff on youtube again i think what did we say we've got three episodes on there yeah yeah it's not even the first it doesn't even start on the first one it starts on the second one okay well (laughs) no the first one was get to know your hosts which no one cares about that let's be honest um if we can find our password to get into our youtube account (laughs) we might start uploading them anyway so this week i discovered two new products one good one absolute letdown now ed which do you think is going to be the good and which one's going to be the, the letdown? I describe hate... before you before you answer. Okay. Describe what's okay. in my hands. So you've got the new white chocolate cocoa pops in one hand, and the other one you need to move into the middle. Uh, Goober grape. I have no idea what that is. Smuckers, is it a paste? Grape and peanut butter. Look at that peanut butter and oh, jam what? in one jar. Uh, okay, right now I know what's in there. I'm I'm hoping. Oh, I don't know. I, I I have a feeling you're going to say the peanut butter and jelly thing is going to be the the winner and going to be amazing. Um, although it doesn't look like you've eaten much of it. 
Um, no, okay, that's going to be the gross one then. That looks gross as well. Um, what? I'm ho- huh? it, it honestly looks like cat food. Um, <sighs> to, ah, to, uh, cramp in my hamstring, trying to move. <laughs> <laughs> Drink some water, man. <laughs> it was um, a day this morning. <laughs> and it's, over, hope- it's overreaching week, so lots of volume. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to turn my light on, but I can't get up to turn the light on. <laughs> you just have to sit in the dark. Uh, I'm hoping you're not going to say that the Cocoa Pops are a letdown, but I have a feeling you probably are, just because you know I really like Cocoa okay. Pops. Well, let let me go through it then. So you might be able to see a bit better now. How good is that uniform of the Looks stripes? Like, uh, Beetlejuice's is uh, blazer. Obviously, the top's been mixed up a bit, unfortunately. Um, but this is yeah, this is. Smuckers, which is a very famous, probably I think the most famous jam or jelly, as they would call America, brand. Um, and it is peanut butter and grape jelly stripes. Now, I got this out of Lidl in their uh, American section. Right. Pretty quid a jar, pretty big jar though. It's like 510 grams. That's pretty heavy. It's a pretty weighty jar. So, pretty, you know, I'm okay with the cost of that. The white chocolate Cocoa Pops, also £2.99. From Tesco, I found these. Thirty percent less sugar, no artificial colours or flavours. Obviously, the jam and peanut butter is probably full of artificial colours and flavours. Albeit, it's in the EU, so it can't be. Or we've imported too crazy. EU, so it can't mm. be too crazy. Now, to put you out your misery, the cocoa pops. I had a bowl of these the other day, and they were massively underwhelming. I don't get what's going to be so different. You're not getting chocolatey milk, and that's the best part of Cocoa Pops. So, Well, you should be getting white chocolatey milk. Instead, yeah. you just get Rice yeah. Krispies with a slight <laughs> hint of maybe vanilla, maybe white chocolate. Um, I did also, I gave some to Summer. And I did, uh, she has whole milk, and I did eat some of hers with whole milk, just to try and see what they're like with whole milk. It was better. I think the creaminess brought out the chocolate a bit better, the white chocolate. But I'll be honest, I would never pay three quid for this box again. Never. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait for them to be on offer. Yeah, and let's be honest. Many people. So our friend, our friend of the uh, the brand, Dan Meek. Um, I saw on his story that he was saying that a couple of people said they were completely, completely underwhelming. And so I was always fearful that this was going to be the case. I saw a couple of people say something similar. Um, and yeah, I can concur that these are definitely not worth buying. So don't waste your money. They are slightly better Rice Krispies. Albeit, I would just buy ricicles because they're even better. So, also standard pops. However, the winner of this week definitely the peanut butter and jam. Absolutely amazing. It's the smoothest, creamiest peanut butter. Like, albeit I do quite like crunchy peanut butter, but there's just something about this really, really. You know, it's, I don't. I mean, it doesn't give me any. Uh, percentages in terms of uh, peanut content but just obviously gram roasted peanuts but yeah it's just something about it really smooth peanut butter and then if you like that American fake grape taste like in this like sticky syrupy jam amazing that fair is enough. going on bagels fair enough yeah, um, uh, yeah I still can't beat Marmite on, on, on your toast but uh well, yeah, Marmite's good. And obviously the Marmite peanut butter was also very good. That's now gone as well. No, no, no. I, I That was good. No, yeah. no. Yeah. That would be my disappointing. Like, Dad finished it. I had it once and I was like, meh. Wasn't he, if it was really nice peanut butter, you know, a good bit of sun pat or something, um, then... Sun pat is not... <laughs> sun pat's like this. 
So this, the reason I said this was so good is because it's so cheap, as in like it's really shit, probably sugar laden, um, poor quality peanut butter, like the poorest quality peanut butter. Something like Whole Earth or Meridian or something like that is a good quality peanut butter. You know, they, you know, these like is literally hundred percent peanuts, whereas this isn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what some packs like. Some... I, I meant, I meant, yeah, no, I meant like is in flavour wise, it, yeah. Oh, but I just thought the market sh- full of added sugars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it tastes good. Um, if Marmite had used a, a decent peanut butter tasting peanut butter, I think it'd have been a lot better. Um, but no, I think you're being a bit harsh there. But okay, fine. Oh. Your your review, not mine. Each entitled to our own opinions. So next next week we're going to continue this feature, I think. So we need to find one one new product, good and bad. I best get to the supermarket then. Yeah. I'm going to go down the dodgy aisles. I thought that was in newsagents, top shelf. <laughs> do they still do that? I'm not sure that's they still exist, do they? Uh, I I, I couldn't tell you the last time I looked at the magazine stand. I'll be honest, I can't even last one into a newsagents. No, because they're all like co-ops and stuff now, aren't they? That's what I mean. Yeah, I go to a Tesco's or the local shop for me is uh, a Budgeons. Albeit, actually, I say that, yesterday I walked to the a Premier store, which is a, one of the other shops where I live, um, because I was looking for some non-alcoholic beer. And the Budgeons didn't have any. The One Stop didn't have any. I really want to One Stop because they usually stock Heineken, which is quite good. Actually, it's quite tasty, the Heineken non-alcoholic. Yeah, so instead yeah. I went to the Premier Shop and got, got some Beck's Blue. Oh, okay. It's all right. Yeah. It, I think we've bottle. got a Premier in like, I think. Yeah, they're yeah. Pretty, pretty popular, aren't they, Premier? They're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Franchise on. So I don't know if you'd call that a news agents, but it's obviously a small corner shop. So We've got one near my office, actually. The closest shop is a proper, like, um, you know, one person owns it and... Yeah, like a prop. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Um, yeah, and uh, they they got a fairly healthy magazine rack. I'll when I go in for a sandwich this week, I'll uh, I'll Check have a look. Just don't yeah. get caught. But yeah, yeah. Do you, just do moving, you need help up the there, magazines. sir? Do you need help yeah. up there? <laughs> I was looking for the cycling weekly. <laughs> <laughs> um, lastly, I want to. We did have a new review. Did we? So happy. Read yeah. it out. So, Shout them out. I know. So we had one new review, and this was from Michael Pomper. So thank you, Michael. Um, five stars podcast week on week of full of entertaining stories and information provided uh, is broken down simply so that anyone can easily understand it um, I think that's because we're not very intelligent one of the highlights has to be Johnny's no nonsense approach which always brings humour to even the most serious topics <laughs> I'm glad that he describes it as humour and not offence um, super active on social media I always take a suggestion for future episodes very engaging which is um, very kind thank you Michael it's um well yeah we're, we're, we're grateful for the review so if anyone else wants to leave a review please do so go over to iTunes uh, or your podcast app and uh, give us five stars please if you don't you better have a damn good reason for it yeah if you don't at least leave a reason rather than like one individual one star wanker left us <laughs> none um, he, he did come back to us though didn't he yeah to be sorry for fat fingers <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, that was um, that was kind to own up because obviously we'd never have known. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And we thought we were going to be crap forever. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's nine anyway, o'clock, man. Yeah, it's nine, nine o'clock. o'clock. You know what time it is? It's uh, bed time. Yeah, and what happens in bed? Um, watch Love Island. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell, Sam! Um, I am going to go read some more book. So um, enjoy. 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 On that note. 
Oh, I'll uh, catch you later. See you later. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.